Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about So You Want to Be a Barbarian. So Barbarian's been around quite a while. Pretty sure I first saw him in AD&D around there. And actually the first time I saw him was in Dragon number 60-something. 1985, Dragon number 63. Which weird, weird thing is that when my brother collected Dragon magazines, right? We, we He actually bought them. And up until I forget what number he he was, now he didn't have a prescription prescription subscription, but he would go out and buy them and every month at a bookstore, and so we had access to Dragon Magazine. But what was weird is I don't think we ever incorporated any of the optional rules that they ever put in there. Why do you think it's weird? Because I think that was the intent of Dragon Magazine is to incorporate all kinds of things into your game. Now. It had a lot of stuff about TSR. You know, they usually sometimes they would have an adventure. They would have sage advice was one of the things they had uh, questions about rules and stuff. How do you know he didn't incorporate it? Well, we never had a barbarian class in the eighteen. Maybe the, he incorporated other things. That's true, but I I don't remember actively like they had the thief class or before AD&D came out and stuff like that, and uh, we never used any of those rules. There was another class I remember that was. Like the Cavalier, I think, had its first mention in the Dragon magazine. There's all kinds of stuff, but it was weird. I just thought it was weird. But it was fully incorporated in the AD&D. It was a, a subclass of a fighter. And then in by 3.0, which came out around 2000, the, the Barbarian was a full-fledged class. So when you think of a Barbarian, what do you think of? Oh, I, yeah. I think of Conan. Conan, immediately. Big old drums bass goes off in your head, and he comes out wearing a you know, fur bikini. Then when I think of Conan, I think <laughs> of, I think that he was the governor of my state for a while. <laughs> the governor. <laughs> so California, yeah. if you didn't know. But I was reading. Um, I've never made a barbarian, but I know Augustine has a barbarian. Yes. A dwar- a dwarf barbarian. Correct. And Alan played a barbarian. Um, yes, he did. The yes. red. What was he? Red Fighter or something oh, is like that? that? Him? I don't remember what what his name was. Anyway, he was a barbarian. Okay. And yes, I remember he, him playing a barbarian. So if you want to play a barbarian, you probably want to be a tank, right? You're you're the one that that's gonna go in first. They're gonna point you in the direction. You're gonna go and fight whatever they tell you to. I guess it's a classic tank. I mean, and the, the word tank comes from like online gaming. Yeah, the the M M M O R G whatever, uh, gaming and. And I guess it fits because the tank is supposed to be, you know, be able to take a lot of damage. Uh, but I, 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 I use the term frontline fighter, you know, because he's the one that's going to be up front. He's going to be fighting and he can usually do a lot of damage. I guess he can take a lot of damage because he has that damage reduction. That's probably why they call it a tank then, because the tank goes in. It can take a lot of damage. An actual yeah. tank yeah. with wheels yeah, or not wheels, but. Tracks. Whatever those are, tracks. I agree, but you know, it, but it fits. It fits both ways. But I just have an aversion using the the online gaming terms because it reduces the game or or the or the character to simple ba- battle mechanics and nothing else. When people are going to make a character, they might actually think in that term in those terms. Oh like, yeah, especially these days, it's just it's hard to get away from it. The idea that you want your party to be a certain bit of roundedness, right? You want different kinds of, of people in the party. A balance party that you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. I could care less about balance parties, but yes. I know people out there, they espouse or totally believe in them. I, I could care less. But I don't yes. know. Do mm. we have balance parties? I have no idea. 
uh, a balanced party. That we usually play with. We have well, lots of fighters, but, really. There are the thing is, there's so many people in my game that it doesn't. It's kind of hard to. I guess you could all be fighters, but that's usually doesn't happen. But you're right. There's a lot of fighters in our group, and there's what rogues. Yes. There's like three rogues. I think they like the idea of either beating people up or being the first in to take them out, or then they compete with each other. They someone's always saying, "Are you gonna kill him?" But I got him all the way down to almost down to nothing. Yes, that's that's interesting. I mean, that used to matter back in the old days when the person who killed the monster actually got the experience. But that doesn't matter anymore. No, it doesn't matter anymore. It's just the thrill. Now. I guess. Yes, yeah, just, just that, and I think that comes from you know stealing my kill. That comes from online gaming too. It's pretty funny. Does it? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't yes. really do online gaming. Right. Unless it has to do with solitaire or something like that. Solitaire. No, you play board games. On... Yeah, but I don't do it online. I just do it on my oh, tablet, and tablet. I don't play with other people because I can't figure it out all the time. You they can't won't, figure they won't let me get into a game. <laughs> <laughs> I try to play, uh, what is it, the Ticket to Ride, and they have this karma system. And I, I don't know what how much karma I have. So I don't know. I try to get into these games, and boom, you're not allowed. You don't have enough karma. I'm like, well, yeah, damn that's, it. that's the problem. Anyway, back to reality. Varvarians came out, and they've been a staple of the rope of D&D for, at least since 3 edition, they were officially a class and have always been a class. You know, they tweak it here and there, but basically you have a fighter who gets a lot of hit points. He gets this thing called rage, right? Yes. Is, is it only when he's raged does he get that damage reduction? Uh, or does I don't he know. always have damage reduction? Anyway, they have this ability to reduce damage. And at first, I think you could reduce certain types of damage, like bludgeoning or... Pe- bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. And slashing. And so that helps him out because damage reduction means he doesn't take as much damage. So that's perfect of a tank. Uh, but the other problem is he can't wear armor, right? Because he has... He's a barbarian. Barbarians don't wear armor. So it, it got me thinking about, you know, where does this idea of a barbarian come from? And I remember years ago, I hate to say how many, but I was in high school and we had two foreign exchange students. And one was from Italy and the other one was from Sweden. Now, the woman, young lady, was from Sweden and she looked like a Swedish person and blonde, blue eyes. And the Italian was, I guess he was a good looking guy. And I, know, I forget their names, but they were doing this talk in our French class. And, uh, and the Italian comes up and he goes, and he refers to the Swedish person as a barbarian. He goes, well, we're not, not unlike the barbarians that what's your name is from. I'm like, and I thought about that. And years later, I'm taking all these classes in ancient history, hi, ancient history and stuff. And basically, what, what does a barbarian mean? A barbarian is somebody who is not civilized. Right. And to the Italians or the Romans in this point, at this point, uh, ancient history. It was, it was actually it comes from the Greeks. That's true, too. But in this case, the Romans... Yes, the guy was an Italian, so right. he so I was calling him a Roman. <laughs> well, he's a Roman descendant. But, but in Roman times, it was anybody who was not, what, a citizen? Or was somebody who was not within the inside the empire? Okay, so the Greeks okay, let's go called the barbarians Greeks. anybody who was not part of um, one of the a Greek citizens. Jesus. So when they called the Romans barbarians until the Romans conquered them and took over their... Yes. Calling of other people outside of the empire barbarians. Right. When they ran into the Europeans, the I mean, the Romans were Italy is part of Europe now, but <laughs> at the time, so they ran into the Germanic tribes. They they were barbarians. They were barbarians. And even the Gauls were barbarians, right? People. The in, Gauls are the Germanic tribes, and uh, yes, 
The Gauls are part of the Germanic tribes. I don't want to argue with you about ancient history, but Gauls are in France, weren't they? Yes. It's not France. But the, I wouldn't call it. France say, was part of the German Empire. Well, there wasn't a German Empire at that time, but they the were Germanic part of tribes. They were considered yes. Germanic. So, oh, uh, for to you people who listen in France, we apologize for that comment. Calling me German. So basically, anybody outside civil, civilization, or in this case, the empire, was considered a barbarian. So that makes sense for the D and D character. People of towns and t- and cities talk about in in the D and D description of it. They talk oh. about people in towns and cities talk about people outside of towns and cities as barbarians. Right, uncivilized. Also, along the lines of uncivilized, I get this idea of of the city religions versus the the country religions or the pagans right nature nature religions no nature religions and then at the same time i also think about people who are able to read and write and those who are illiterate outside the city because you know they had barbarians might not be illiterate they're just well i'm just just in general because you know uh, most likely if you live in a tribal system you're not you don't have schools and stuff because you may or may not be nomadic and or you're you, know, you may not live in the same place year after year, but then, then again, I don't know. It all depends on the civilization that you're trying to mimic. So this could be a this could be true or just in Saul's brain. <laughs> well, it's always just in my brain. But yes, so all these things to me make the idea of a barbarian. It could be like Conan, where he's this weirdo from the north or from wherever he's at from, and wearing a, a fur bikini, uh, speedos or whatever. So if you're going to play a barbarian, you have to have a backstory and the backstory is going to tell you where you're from, right? Yes. And in in the the description of it in the the 5th edition, it talks about how you should talk to your D, your DM about how you're going to be coming to the party. Did you leave your tribe because you wanted to you were more civilized than them and wanted to go to town and learn things? Did you leave because they were all killed and you were the last one left standing and That sounds and familiar. There's Nowhere else to go. Right. And you find a, a wandering party that you join. That's or true. Where are you, you know, something like that. So you have to have a, a reason for wherever you're going to meet the people, right? Yes. A reason to be on your own. Yes. I mean, every character has a backstory, but that's the barbarian usually has a, there well, needs to be a compelling reason why you're out fighting instead of at home hunting or whatever. Hunting and gathering. Yeah. And then there's a reason why, why are you going to, be with people who are not your people, right? Why are you with this, usually... The this... band of murder hobos? <laughs> well, uh, not only that, but a varied group of people which you may or may not understand or know their ways very well. So one guy who I remember who played a barbarian was a friend of mine called Ward. Now, Ward was a, was a really interesting player because he really got into his characters. Even back, you know, since way back, character's name was Torbash. And anytime you know... He would talk. He would talk like this, like, Torbash, me, Bash, and and stuff like that. And he was hilarious because when the other characters or players would ask him, oh, so what do you think? He'd go, Torbash, not think, Torbash, smash. (laughs) So he really took took to this. uh, He was into into his character character all the time and, and to the. Sometimes the other players are just, okay, no, we, know what you, we know that, but we don't want to know what you're thinking. We want to talk to Ward, not Torbash. <laughs> Which was like metagaming, right? That was the problem. And so he would refuse to you know, play that. He would, he would refuse to come out of character and, and have this intellectual conversation about what's going on during the game when everybody's like you know, coming out of the character and, 
and trying to figure out something. Well, that's a totally different topic. He was a barbarian, right? And he and he really played it to the hilt. This uh, what do you call it? Uncivilized outsider. And when he when people would ask him questions, he would not answer, or he would answer in really you know short sentences, and give you really barbarian like details. His idea of what a barbarian. Yes. And now we have my my son was Augustine playing the dwarf barbarian, and he he went with the whole his whole group of uh, barbarian dwarf fighters were all killed except for him, and so he left. He ran away. He said. He ran away. Yes. Correct. Either he didn't want to go back and face the consequences of he felt ashamed that he was the only one that was yes. alive, which is a is a is a normal reaction if you're the only one left alive. Yeah, survivor's guilt or something yeah. like that. But I, you know, my my son is only like he was eleven when he yeah, came up 12, with that. So. Yeah, but yeah, but it's pretty deep. Now that you think about it, it's a pretty deep uh, situation that he could be in or role playing aspect. What kind of people like to play barbarians, right? People who like combat, obviously, because it's a combat monster. This this barbarian character. And there's all kinds of, uh, at least in D&D, 5th edition, they give you all kinds of different, like, what do they call them? Not traits or aspects, but what do they call them? You know, with like the path of this, the path of that. They give you different, anyway, they give you different traits or paths to take. And he took, I forget what, it, the totem oh, path. But they're called primal paths for the oh, for, bar, paths. for barbarians. I think they are called paths in d One of them is the path of the berserker. Huh. And then there's a totem one that. It says you can look them up. I'm looking on my tablet, so it doesn't yeah. So, so they got different varieties of, of barbarians that you can find that are out. They try to mimic uh, literary, literary and movies and books, right? Books and movies and other uh, media. But yes, so that's pretty cool. You, there's different ways that you can play a barbarian. There's different, uh, uh, different uh, abilities that you get depending on on what path you take. Like the total ones is different animal aspects that you that you get when you're play, at different that levels. Path. Yeah, that's pretty neat, and you get different abilities. And one of the things that all barbarians have is is rage, right? Ah, uh, yes. And there's there's rage, and then there's there's regular rage, and then there's the special rage, really frenzy I, or wow. mindless rage. Wow. But if you use rage too many times, then you're gonna pass out at the end of your well, turn. Or I forget that there's a fatigue level that you yeah. get when you're when you're raged after you come down from being yeah. raged because you use all your, your adrenaline and you're you basically get really tired. But while you're raged, you are really, uh, really dangerous. You know, you, you get your your hit points increase, and does your damage increase too? I think you take less damage. And you take less damage. I think it gives you more hit points too. Maybe not. <laughs> But there's all kinds of abilities that you get when you're raged. People who like do dealing, doing a, doing a lot of damage, doing a lot of damage, or getting into combat situations are play barbarian. So it's not like the regular fighter where um, they have finesse and stuff like that. They're more the they have their great axe or whatever. Yeah, kind they, of they're they big have. big weapons, big damage. They go in and they and they don't wear armor, right? So their armor classes usually isn't that high. But they have a, a innate armor, or right. what do they call it? A yeah, they get a special armor class. Uh, Unarmored uh, defense, they right. call it. Which raises their armor class a little bit. Yeah. But they're not going to have armor classes in like... But the they can't wear armor numbers. if they're a barbarian. Right. This is like a druid. Druids don't wear certain kind of armor. They can only wear like, like natural, natural armor, armor leather. Metal is not natural. Not metal, but they could wear leather. Magic users and stuff can't use armor either. 
make up for that with mage armor. Yes, yes. Their own special armor. Usually the armor isn't the highest armor that other people can get as no. a barbarian. Like, But barbarians like, get lots of hit points to start with. Yes, they do have a, what, a, I forget, what's a D, D12? It is or a hit points? D12. Yeah, which is, I think, the highest die type that they it's, have. For, uh, hit for hit points at first level is 12 plus your constitution modifier. And usually people who play barbarians have a high constitution or a higher constitution. So that's pretty good. So even if you just take the average plus your con, con bonus, you're going to get a lot of hit points. Well, and basically you're, you're the, the barbarian is strength and constitution. Those are the two stats that people are going to put their most of their, their highest scores into. Yeah, I think that the hardest part of playing a barbarian is when you're dealing with non-combat situations and how you play your character right like in social so situations if you're smart if you're not a mini maxer if you're smart <laughs> you're gonna put at least a 10 into your uh charisma so you can deal with other people because that's average right yeah but even then i would you know if you if you know really want role play it then you're always going to be out of you're always going to be uncouth you're always going to be okay i'm going to say that most people in a D party are uncouth <laughs> Even if they're the noble, because they're better because they're because they're running around with barbarians and uh, magic users and fighters and rogues who are liable to steal stuff from you without you even knowing it. Well, rogue, see that's I, I like the idea that rogues give you a different idea than the word thief. You know, it does. Yes, you are right. There's some weirdo, there's some noble guys running around with some like shady characters. You got to wonder, well, maybe that noble shady himself or herself, but. But still, but I think barbarian. But that's part of the the whole thing is the whole party is, it's a it's a hero thing, right? Is it? <clears throat> I would think so. Well, maybe not the rogues, but even then, maybe the rogue thinks they are a hero. Well, right? he's like Earl Flynn, right? Earl Flynn and and Robin Hood, you know that kind of swashbuckling kind of. Uh, I guess Robin Hood is the ultimate rogue. Yeah, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. <laughs> well. In a D and D sense, they just steal from the rich and give to their pockets. With a little cut for themselves, of course. Of course. <laughs> what was that? Every group is kind of like this. I don't know what you call this roving bad of mercenaries that you, nobody wants around. But least of all, you want that barbarian because he's going to be. If you play him as a barbarian, as somebody who's outside your civilization, then he's gonna, not going to know how to, you know. May not know how to use utensils when he eats. He's not gonna be able to use the fifteen utensils at the at the at the king's banquet, right? There's not gonna be the salad fork, the the meat fork, the whatever fork. I don't even know. I'd I think that too. Augustine got the idea of the playing a dwarf barbarian directly from the movies, the Lord of the Ring movies, where uh, Gimli, right, when he goes into when they go to the to the um, the horse lords. Lords, uh, the Riders of Rohan. Yeah, when they go into the the, I I can't say it's a castle, it's just a keep, right? They go into the keep and they're eating. The long they're house. They're at the they're at the table eating and and Gimli's eating, right? And he's just got the the stuff running uh, down uh, his. He's drinking and stuff is running down his beard. beard. He's eating while everybody else is talking, and then he just like wipes his hand across his he's face burping. And, 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 yeah and all kinds of different things so that's what's i think that when you say uncouth and in manners, that's what i'm talking about that's exactly yes. what you're talking about right right so augustine had that example to follow i never thought about that you're right because he was he, we've been watching that since he was but, a baby. Uh, but gimli was supposed to be the uh a son of a king right or a son of a of a cousin of a king uh, i think yeah i think he was related somehow to the to who uh, was his name? Oakenshield. 
Dorian Oakenshield at some point. Some, and the idea is that that um, is it's a classical medieval a medieval idea, right? What is that the second son second sons had to go off and go to war, <laughs> right? That's what know. you did with them. Otherwise, they were going to cause problems in your kingdom. So when you think about the barbarian, that could be a, a reason why he's off. That could be a reason why any of the adventurers are adventurers are off on their own, right? They're the there's a reason why everybody goes off to do adventuring. Well, yeah, usually because they're crazy, right? They're a little bit off. Most people's more. backstory doesn't. Well, maybe it depends <laughs> on the people's backstory. Well, because you know, the funny thing is, is that er, you know everybody's backstory is, is if something significant happens in their life that caused them to go adventuring, right? Or else they'd be back at the farm, doing farm stuff and raising pigs and. Well, that's corn. enough just to you don't want to do that, right? That's, that's well, then maybe that could be your backstory. We'd be like Luke Skywalker. I just want to get off this, this water just... moisture farm. <laughs> so, right? so I mean, there, there's all kinds of different reasons why why your character is doing it, and backstory is important. That's one of the reasons that you have a backstory. Backstory is one of the hardest things to come up with when you sit down at a table and and they say you're gonna you know roll up a character. And they want you to come up with a backstory on the spot. That's why I don't like the, the zero well, session you... <laughs> thing, right? Well, before... On the spot is too hard for me. I need a little Be... time to contemplate. Before session zero, you could actually come up with an idea of what you want to play. That's what... And session zero is not like, here's a blank piece of paper. Give me your story. No, you could do that ahead of time. I would think have about to. It. Yes. I'm I need sure. a couple of weeks to contemplate why... <laughs> so barbarians, I think... It even more so than just a regular fighter because a regular fighter he could be part of civilization, right? He could be a part. Uh, somebody's trying to become the the guard or the city or the or the part of the army. But a barbarian is definitely an outsider, so that's why in the D DM's book it says, or in, it the, was the, know, player's in the player's manual. book, it tells you you have to get permission or at least get an idea of what kind of barbarians you know. Because when you if you come up with a backstory of, of a tribe and and you're, let's say, you're playing in Faroon, and you're playing, you're playing in the middle of 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 Faroon, and you know, where barbarians are, you know, would be very. That's why it says to talk to away. the DM about, um, where he thinks that your your character would come from. Right. That way, you can both come up with an idea that will make sense for for your game. Correct. So I guess if you want to be a barbarian, you realize that you're gonna to want to be the the one of the fighters out there, one of the first ones out there to fight. <laughs> But then most of the people in your party do, unless they're a magic user, then they'll let the, the fighters go first, right? So they don't get picked off right away. They'll get smashed. Yeah, it's hard to throw spells if you're unconscious on the ground. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I think barbarians are pretty fun to play if you really like combat. Even in social situations, I think you, if you really role play it, right. it could be fun. You know, the, that, that fish out of water kind of thing. You could go overboard and it get kind of tiring. But at the very least, it, if you play it right, you can have really interesting role-playing situations come out. Where... Just because you're a barbarian doesn't mean you don't know the difference between right and wrong. Obviously, you're going to be chaotic, but that doesn't mean you're not good, right? You're, mm. You would be chaotic, right, as a well, barbarian? I don't know. You could be a barbarian that, yeah, I guess so. I would say that you could be a barbarian that obeys laws, but I guess that's an antithesis to being barbaric. Or uncivilized. That doesn't mean you're not good, though, because you could be. No, no, I never say anything about good or evil. But I, I'm just saying is like, you know, you, you would get in situations because you don't know what the proper thing to do is, right? Because 
you don't come from that society. It's so like I you, think it would be a very interesting character to really role play, yes. like like Ward did. Right, that's what I'm saying. What, and it's a way to keep people from metagaming too. Yes, people ask you things, they're like, oh, like you know, and you would know. Let's you don't say have you, to sound like Ward when you, you do you, it. But. Yeah, but if you even if you you know as the player know the answer, if you really role play the character uh, barbarian, which you know it would be easy because a lot of times people would ask you, well, you know, what's the what's the flying speed of a of American of a African swallow carrying a coconut, you're like, Whoa, what is a swallow? You know what I mean? What's a coconut? What's a coconut? <laughs> you could just, you know, ignore all the, or, and, it, and it'll probably upset your federal players because you're being, you know, obstinate. It depends on the players. To them. But it'd be fun to role play that aspect, those kind of aspects in on the at the game table. And as a GM, I would love to see that. Yeah, our barbarians were too young, or they're still teenagers. Yes. So, so they're they role playing. But he does go kind of weird, right? Because remember, he was like he's supposed to be real greedy, and so remember he had that whole thing with chairs. He was make chairs. Yeah. Which was really weird, even to me. I don't know what he got that idea from. Him and Alan came up with it together. So yes. when you put two young teenage boys <laughs> together, they come up with odd things, right? So the chairs was that they would make chairs and sell them wherever they went. Yes. And to make and money. Since, and since we had a tent of that you could put anything into and it folded oh, yes. up into nothingness. I got to get rid of that freaking tent. So if you want to play a barbarian, those might be some of the reasons you would want to play it to be a fighter, to... To be able to role play differently, to I think they bring a, a certain aspect to the party. Definitely, and I think you can have a lot of fun with barbarians. Um, instead of playing them your typical Conan brute, just change it up a little bit, bring your own style, and role play uh, like a fish out of water, and and th- that'll lead to some interesting role playing aspects and social situations that. You know, away from the combat arena would make an interesting game. And even in the combat arena, then you get to to shine there as a, as enraged, right? <laughs> and then people go, "That's why we have a barbarian in our group." Yes, <laughs> he kicks ass. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so this so, is gaming perspectives with Saul and Jolene, and you have a good day. Mm-hmm.